Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Happy New Year's Eve. Happy New Year, wherever you are listening to this podcast. We have Kegolasso weekend preview as we talk Manchester United against Aston Villa, Tottenham against Leeds, the old firm, Boca against River. We have Serie A and much, much more to talk about. We have Jimmy Conrad, Jonathan Johnson, as we preview the weekend for the final time in 2020. Kegolasso begins right now. Hey everybody, happy New Year's Eve, happy New Year's Day, if you're listening to this uh, after, of course, it's already happened. Welcome to 2021 to some of you and looking ahead to the year to some of you as well. Jimmy Conrad in the house. Jimmy, what's up, buddy? What's up? How's it going, everybody? Excited for 2021. I'm just going to leave it right there because 2020 is in the rearview mirror. Absolutely, 100%. And of course, we have somebody who will be celebrating uh, New Year's Day ahead of myself and even further than Jimmy because he's on the West Coast. We got three time zones here. Jonathan Johnson, JJ, what's up, buddy? Hey there, guys. Very good, thanks. And yourselves, just getting ready for the uh, for the big countdown. Uh, you know, got a lot of nice food and drinks to look forward to after recording with you guys. <laughs> I know. I'm just thinking, like I'm you're jealous. Paris. I know. Like it's gonna be fun, right? Maybe. Ma- wait, Luis. Maybe we should just start drinking with JJ right now. We'll have a nice, <laughs> long, fun day. It's 5 p.m. somewhere. Always. <laughs> Absolutely. Happy New Year's Eve. Happy New Year's Day to everybody. This is our final weekend preview of 2020. And my goodness, plenty of action to talk about beginning from Friday onwards. And of course, we begin, as always, in the Premier League. Jimmy, I'm just going to give it right straight to you. Where should we begin, <laughs> my friend? I think Manchester United, Aston Villas, maybe, well... We just don't know if Chelsea Manchester City is going to happen or not. So I'm going to say United Aston Villa is the one I think is the most tantalizing of uh, this weekend in the Premier League. Manchester United, for everybody that doesn't notice to catch you up, I thought got pretty fortuitous to sneak a Marcus Rashford deflected goal there against Wolves in the 90th minute, 90th plus minute to, to win that one, one zero. I think Wolves will feel pretty hard done by given that they had a, couple good opportunities to hit made some good saves in that one Villa though got to be really encouraged uh, on the back end of a very very good second half against Chelsea there's a 1-1 result against the Blues at Stanford Bridge I'm curious though with Villa they don't make a lot of changes their manager Dean Smith uh, is just kind of sticking with the same guys and with so many so many games in such a short period of time you wonder how that's going to have an impact on them in at this one is at Old Trafford Um, United do seem to struggle there they're better away from home but this is what I got for you guys um Rashford scored two goals in two games. I think he's in good form. I think his confidence is good. I think he's going to get a couple of good looks. And when you're feeling good about yourself, you usually find the back of the net if you're an attacker. I think he's got another one in him. Scoring anytime plus 130 for you guys. William Hill giving me the good odds. Rashford to score, United to win. They have to do it either 2-0, 2-1, 3-1, plus 600. That one's a bit riskier, but I like the value. Rashford to score, United to win. Both teams to score. So like a 2-1 with Rashford scoring. That's plus 380. Uh, Bruno Fernandez, who we could argue one of the best signings in the in the Premier League over the last couple seasons, 
He's got two assists in his last two games. If he gets another one here, plus 150. But if you just want to go kind of straight up, feeling okay about things, United to win. Both teams have scored plus 190. Aston Villa have scored in every away game in the Premier League this season, so I like them to hit the back of the net. I just don't know which of their guys is going to do it, but uh, it should be a great game. I just think United will end up winning this one 2-1. Lovely, lovely lines there from Jimmy Conrad. It's always a dangerous thing to try and uh, predict Villa games when myself and Jonathan Johnson are <laughs> in the show, but we will try and do our best. Uh, JJ, a really good game. As Jimmy said, there's always goals in this one. It's always exciting. A few updates. Edison Cavani will not feature us. He just was handed a three-match ban and uh, some money. I- I've already given my thoughts about uh, that, so I'm not even going to talk about it. But the fact is he's not playing in that one. So in terms of attacking possibilities for United, are obviously going to be limited. They still have so much, of course. But to Jimmy's point, Dean Smith always consistent with his lineup. Ross Barkley uh, beginning to do full training. Uh, we don't know if we'll see any of that. But regardless, super exciting to see this one. JJ, your thoughts as Aston Villa face Manchester United at Old Trafford? Yeah, absolutely. Very exciting uh, to come into the new year with this game to, to kick us off. I mean, in seasons gone by, when, when Villa would meet United, you kind of write it off as United winning it and, you know, the points being, you know, any any sort of point being a bonus for Villa. But they come into this kind of match now, uh, despite the fact that United are up there sort of in the title shakeup at the moment, especially given Liverpool's drop-off in form. Uh, and you look at the way that Villa are playing against particularly some of the bigger teams in the league, uh, you know, and you, you'd, you'd fancy them to, to have a go at United and potentially hurt them. Uh, I think the thing that makes such a big difference for us at the moment uh, is the width that we suddenly find ourselves with. You've got Bertrand Traore, uh, Anwar Garcia has, has come back to life with some excellent performances, chipping in with a couple of very important goals, took his finish against Chelsea uh, very nicely. And, you know, suddenly with those guys, uh, you know, proving to be dangerous at any given moment in a match that that's a real game changer for, for Villa it's no longer just about Jack Grealish uh, you know you've got Ollie Watkins who's sort of going uh, unthanked for his hard work at the moment because he's doing everything but actually finding the back of the net that drought you know surely can't go on uh, for much longer and you know coming into a, a game like this United will be looking now at the the situation with Liverpool at the top and thinking that they really can't afford to, to slip up and drop any points and I think if if it's another workmanlike stodgy performance like we saw against uh, Wolves uh, you know which has come to be the norm uh, in that fixture over the last couple of seasons you know I think that really plays into Villa's hands because I think Villa have more quality at this moment in time uh, than Wolves considering uh, you know the, the the Wolves are without uh, Jimenez so for me uh, I, I can actually see Villa getting a result here I, I'm not sure that uh, I can see all three points but a, a draw away from home uh, following up on the draw away at Chelsea would be very very good yeah well uh, Jimmy as JJ mentioned uh Usually, historically, as both we know, uh, facing Manchester United from an Aston Villa perspective has never been fun, definitely at Old Trafford. The last time, uh, the last result was a 2 all result, obviously, Jack Grealish with that amazing goal to make sure that we just nicked a point there. But, you know, with Jimmy saying 2-1 for United, JJ giving Villa a win, the only thing that I would add to this is that Manchester United are on a very good run. But the one thing that gives Villa hope, I think, a little bit is that it's been a while since United has faced uh, such a creative team as Villa right now. Like, it's not just about Jack Grealish. And Douglas Luiz and John McGinn, by the way, creating one of the most formidable center midfield partnerships in the league. But United has Bruno Fernandes, Martial, Marcus Rashford. This is also a different type of animal. But what I do like is the away form 
for Aston Villa. This has been such a problem for Villa for many, many years, not just last season. And the fact that they're doing the thing and being confident away from Villa Park, actually better than playing at Villa Park, is actually really, really uh, encouraging. Uh, all right, so Jimmy, you have a 2-1 win for United, correct? Sticking with that. I, I do. I, I picking up on a strong Aston Villa bias from you guys, and I get it. I understand where it's coming from. The I haven't seen my result yet. The, I the, positivity, the positivity is oozing from your pores, but but I just look at it from a depth perspective. Perspective. Now, I loved what John McGinn said after the Chelsea match, where he came on and had a little, you know, interview, and he basically said that what we do for a living is nothing compared to what other people are suffering through. And if I have to lace up my boots every day and have to play a game, I'm happy to do it. And I love, I assume that's not just coming from him. I assume that's permeating through the whole team, that type of vibe when they're, when they're approaching each game. And I like that attitude a lot. And so there's a lot of me that wants to support that. I just feel like at some point, you're just going to get tired. Whether you want to be out there and you love to play or not, you're just going to get tired. And I just don't think they have the depth. Now, Barkley plays. I think Tyrone Mings is going to come back into the team. Then, then yes, that's going to help give a bit of a boost and give some rest and give some fresh legs. But but United have four guys that they're going to bring in. Luke Shaw should come back into the team. Fred McTominay got rested against Wolves. Martial should start. He didn't start against Wolves. And that, that freshness, I think, it's just a little bit more. And I think United are starting to round into what their best – best 11 is or their best form. We'll see if McTominay bombs forward a little bit like he did against Leeds. I think that provides a little bit of uh, comfort and, and support for Bruno Fernandes and the other guys. So, yeah, I mean, there's a part of me that, that loves this whole Villa story this season, but I just think that United will somehow figure out a way. Start 2021 with a bang. We're like, do we like Ole Gunnar as a manager or we don't? You know, we're still always on the fence about that guy, but I think United will maybe pip something at the end 2-1. Yeah, well, historically speaking, the narrative would go that way. Manchester United to win at Old Trafford. Uh, I'm going to stick with my bias and I'm going to go with a Villa win here. I feel I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, are you shocked everybody? Shocking. Oh, wait. I, thought, I thought you said you weren't drinking yet. It sounds like you've been drinking already. Listen, undefeated in December undefeated in December. I'm creating some really good performance. I think that I, I agree with you. I think this is going to be a really good battle and Man United has always been a foe for Aston Villa, especially since they stole my hero, Dwight York. But that's for another story. I just feel that Ollie Watkins, to JJ's point, is due for a goal. And I think that he's going to do a few things here. And I don't think uh, Man United are going to be able... Uh, he is... The resilience, the defensive resilience that Villa brings begins with Ollie Watkins. And I feel that that hopefully will uh, match up to a goal. I think it'll, one thing we know for sure, goals always happen in this fixture. Uh, so I'm going to give it I'm going to give a 2-1 result to the Villa, the greatest club the world has ever seen. <laughs> JJ, you sticking with that win? What did you have? You had a 2-1 as well or what? No, I've, I'm going to go for a 1-1. One, one. I hope, I hope that it's a 2-1 win for us, but I can, I can see it being one apiece uh, going into sort of the last 10 minutes of the match. I'm hoping that the goal goes our way. I know that Jimmy sees it going United's way. And normally... You know, we all know what happens in Fergie time. It'll be United getting some sort of uh, fortuitous winner, prob <laughs> prob probably a penalty. But uh, <laughs> no, for me, uh, for me, I hope that at the least we can see it out for the for the draw. But uh, you know, why why not? I mean, looking at the way that, that we're performing at the moment, uh, the 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 way that the top of the table is looking, you know, uh, a Villa win would really put the cat amongst the pigeons, especially with those two important matches to come. Uh, one of which has finally been rearranged: the the City fixture. Yeah, well, a uh, sorry, a Manchester United win means they go even on points with Liverpool, although Liverpool stays top because of a better goal difference. A Villa win 
a Villa win would give them even on points with Everton, but because of the better goal difference, they would jump into that top four with two games still in hand. But let's move on. Let's move on because we could go on and on. Let's stay in the Premier League. Uh, Jimmy, what's the next game that you have for us for this weekend? I'm going Tottenham versus Leeds. I think this is a really interesting affair between two teams that are maybe moving in different directions. Uh, Spurs are winless in their last four, even though I feel like in those four, they've dropped a lot of points just because of a lack of concentration, in my humble opinion, at the end of some games, uh, giving up late minute or, you know, 80th minute or beyond goals, which again, isn't about talent at all. It's just about make a desire to make plays. And that frustrates me as someone that likes to coach as well. When I see teams that do that, I'm sure Mourinho's like losing his goddamn mind regardless, uh, regarding that Leeds, on the other hand, just smoked West Brom five zero and scored some tremendous goals along the way. They also beat Burnley prior to that two consecutive clean sheets after giving up six to Manchester United. Now those two teams, Burnley and West Brom aren't very good. Burnley have only scored nine goals in 15 games. So I feel like a clean sheet is almost a guarantee against those guys. And then obviously West Brom have been struggling uh, the worst defense in all of the Premier League. So Leeds kind of walked into playing those guys at the right time, but that I want to take anything away from Bielsa. I think he's a fantastic manager. I just feel like when they, they struggle against some of the bigger teams, they do have results. They have that one uh, away against Leicester, which was a very good performance. But outside of that, I just think they're going to run into a team that that's a little bit harder. And now because the Fulham game got canceled, Spurs have a couple extra days of rest. This is a must win for Spurs. Let's be honest. If they don't win this game, I think and I think their, their title hopes are up in smoke, but man, it's going to be a lot more difficult. The top teams, if you want to be a champion in any league or in any sport, anywhere, you have to beat the teams that you should beat. And they should beat this Leeds team, but you just don't know with these guys, given kind of where they are and their mentality at the moment. This is this is a game they have to win. I like Spurs to win both teams to score plus 188. That's really my 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 only bet that I'm really looking at because I think it's going to be a grinded out. You know, once they score, Spurs are just going to try to hold on for dear life. Yeah, some very good points there from Jimmy, especially about the fact that Leeds, great at home, not so great away from home. And also, um, you know, the fact that they're playing a Tottenham that is rested and probably needs to get three points. JJ and Jimmy, actually, something interesting that kind of just went by. Like, this is actually their first meeting since uh, January 2013. So they don't know each other that well as of late. Um, I I'm wondering if, if that would add anything to it. JJ, your thoughts on this game? Two very contrasting philosophies going up against each other. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that battle on the on the touchline is going to be fascinating in itself. Uh, you know, the meeting of Bielsa against uh, Mourinho. You know, I think this is something that the British football has been waiting for for a while. Uh, so I'm keen to see how that unfolds. The thing with Bielsa's teams uh, that I always bear in mind, as somebody who witnessed, uh, you know, what he was able to do with Marseille, is how the team performs over the the second half of the season. I mean, I'm surprised that that Leeds haven't looked more uh, out of gas at this moment in time uh, than than they already have because it's, it, you know, we've we've talked already about how hectic the schedule is, particularly through uh, the festive period in the Premier League because it's one of the only leagues in Europe that hasn't stopped uh, at all so far, and it's. For me, I'm sort of waiting for Leeds to plateau in terms of the, the, the players' conditions. We haven't seen that just yet because they're still able to rack up big wins against the likes of West Brom. But I do think, uh, you know, from experience, having seen it happen with Marseille, uh, having seen it happen with some of Bielsa's other sides as well over the years, that there will be a moment where Leeds just, you know, completely run out. They have nothing left in the tank. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, 
other teams go, go and pick them off or certainly the teams of higher quality uh, end up picking them off. And that's kind of what I'm expecting to see uh, in this matchup with Spurs. Uh, as, as, as Jimmy said, with the, with the game being postponed against Fulham, that gives uh, Tottenham a, a couple of extra days of rest. And I think that we will see them having benefited uh, because of that. I mean, you look at the quality in that squad, uh, they won't be happy with some of the, the results that they've had recently, particularly how well they were going just before that run of four games without a win. So for me, I, I, can, I can see a Spurs win here. Yeah, well, Jimmy, uh, to, to the point about Tottenham needing a victory here, a victory actually uh, gets them to climb up the table a few spots uh, if, of course, other results go their way. So it is a big one. Um, I'm thinking, though, when I think about this uh, game, this is in a, me- in a way, definitely from what I've seen this season, a perfect opportunity for Hugh Ming Son and, and, and Harry Kane to do their thing. They're so good on the counter, especially to think very quickly. And I feel like Leeds is that kind of team. But then again, you know, to uh, JJ's point, if Bielsa and Leeds are going to end this year on a high, they need to just keep going and just hopefully, you know, take advantage of any time they get a rest. How, how, how do you see this game with your concluding thoughts? I would just say that I would be really surprised if Mourinho didn't see what Manchester United did to unlock leads in a lot of different ways. I'm looking at the potential starting lineup for Spurs. It looks like Hoiberg and Sissoko could be the two holding midfielders in front of the back four. McTominay did an excellent job of joining the attack in that particular game. And that led to two goals in the first three minutes and leads could never recover from that. I wonder if he's going to make a lineup change to maybe bring in somebody who's a little bit more attacking to maybe try to create some numerical advantages if they can turn the ball over high up the field. But to your point, they counterattack. That's kind of their thing. They drop off their line of confrontation, as I like to call it. It's a little bit closer to midfield than it is closer to the top of the box. But I think that's what surprise leads against United is the United all of a sudden went high, pressed super high, turned them over, and it led to some opportunities. So I'm kind of curious about that. Uh, in Dombele, you got to give him the ball as much as possible. The guy is a game changer. I think Leeds are going to have a lot of work to do for a lot of these different Spurs players. So it'll be interesting to see. I like 2-1. I think Leeds will score. They, they've proven they can do it against uh, competition all over the place, whether it's Liverpool, Leicester, it doesn't matter. Uh, they'll still find the back of the net, but I just think that Spurs probably have too much quality in certain areas of the field. And if things they can lock things down on a concentration, concentration point at the end of a game, uh, I, th- this is just too big. This is too much of a must win for them. I think if they really want to be title contenders and I think they'll come out with the right energy and, and attitude. So what's your final score on that one? 2-1 Spurs. 2-1 Tottenham. JJ, how about you? Uh, I'm going to go 3-1. 3-1 to Tottenham? Yeah, Spurs. Yeah. Spurs, 3-1 win. Sometimes pulling I feel... Up, pulling, up, pulling away late on. Yeah, sometimes I feel Leeds actually, uh, they've conceded 30, scored 30. It's kind of crazy. But sometimes yeah. I feel when they face a team that is really annoying defensively. They just can't find a way. I, I don't know why, but I feel like it's a Tottenham win, but it's like one nothing. Very, very small margins. But we will see. Uh, Jimmy, before we wrap up the Premier League, anything else? Obviously, uh, I don't know if you're going to mention it right now, but obviously Chelsea Man City is a big one. But just some updates right now. Obviously, there's a caveat here, everybody. We don't know as of right now, as we tape, if the game is happening. Uh, training did open up again on Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon, and there is another round of COVID testing as we speak. It's actually already happened, so the results should come in. So we're thinking right now that it's going ahead. We just don't, but Chelsea Man City is a big game, but we have to take a big caveat um, on that game, Jimmy, uh, th- that's on Sunday. 
Yeah, it's a big one for, for both clubs. You know, they're both uh, outside of the top six. They both need those points to, again, I speak about it with Spurs to stay relevant in the title race, which means this probably has a draw written all over it, frankly. But but Chelsea, I don't know. They're, they have kind of run into this situation of what is their best starting lineup? It seemed like they unlocked it. They like, listen, we're going to have a proper number nine up top, Tammy Abraham or Olivier Giroud. Then we'll have Werner running in. Werner hasn't scored in 11 games. Kai Havertz. I mean, can they put him in a position and just let him stick there? I just feel like Frank Lampard continues. Like if one, one formation doesn't work, he just quickly changes it. And how can you as a player ever build off of something, just some type of base, if you're not hitting it game after game after game? Because then you can learn from it. Sure, it doesn't go well once, but then, okay, this worked for us. Let's just keep building and stay true to it, even when it struggles. And that's what I think Lampard maybe shows his youth as a manager it's okay to, to struggle in a formation, but as long as you're building from it and you're seeing the type of performances that you can sense will unlock things a lot more moving forward. You know, I, even, I don't know. I, I could get in the weeds about this and it gets me all frustrated for Lampard a little bit or about him. But, you know, they have Conte and Jorginho. They go to a double pivot. Then all of a sudden they take Jorginho off the field against Aston Villa and Conte just becomes like this brand new man. He's making plays all over the place and the team is like a little bit more fluid going forward. And you're like, why do they even bother with the double pivot? Just little things like that. So... I don't know. Chelsea needs to figure that out. City's already got their identity. Now they just need to perform better, right? They just need more guys to show up and make plays. Uh, I know they're going to be without Gabriel Jesus and Kyle Walker due to COVID. Maybe some other people as well. I guess we'll, we'll wait and see. But yeah, there's so many storylines. I hope this game gets played just for these reasons, just so we can see how both of these teams try to solve their own problems. Yeah. Uh, JJ, obviously a big game uh, for two teams that are looking to not just be in the top four, obviously, but win the whole thing. Uh, in terms of Gabriel Jesus uh, or Sergio Aguero and how available they are, sometimes I, I, don't, I get less worried just the more I see of Ferran Torres and the things that he can do. Uh, but what's going on with like Kai Havertz, by the way, my God, like what, what's going on? How do you see this game and both teams as they're going and ending 2020, JJ? Yeah, I'm curious to see how they, how they line up for this one. I think for City, it's just a question of consistency. Uh, you know, they, they don't seem to be, you know, completely at it this season. It's, it's bizarre because you would have expected the players to be more motivated, especially with the news of, of Guardiola's contract extension. It's almost kind of had the opposite effect. It's kind of deflated uh, them collectively. Uh, and I find that a bit, uh, a bit strange, but, uh, you know, uh, a club like City will probably perk up again in and around the, the return to Champions League action. Uh, but the, the more that this happens in the Premier League, the, the, you know, the further behind they fall in the, in the title race. I mean, it's already looking, uh, you know, a bit optimistic, uh, you know, what it was before Liverpool started to, to stumble. Uh, and they're really going to need to start, uh, you know, taking advantage of that if they want to cut the gap to Liverpool and, and potentially find themselves, uh, you know, in the top few positions with a view to, to winning the whole thing by the end of the season. For Chelsea, uh, I completely agree with, with Jimmy and what he was saying about their, their experimentation. Uh, I actually think that Chelsea looked better right at the end of the game against Villa. I think had the game gone on a little more, there would have been you know, potentially a, a few more opportunities for Chelsea to win it in addition to that uh, Chilwell screamer that nearly was. So it's, uh, it, it's something that I think, uh, you know, Lampard really needs to, uh, as, as Jimmy said, you know, marry himself to, to one style of play, to one setup, uh, because they, they really, 
you know, need to you need to have some sort of identity and need to, you know, for, have that formed within the next couple of weeks because every time that they get a, a setback in terms of results, the pressure gets more and more uh, on uh, Lampard. You've now got someone like Thomas Tuchel sniffing around the, the role at Stamford Bridge as well. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think that, that Lampard can afford to experiment anymore. He has to go. He has to be uh, you know, he shows some conviction in the guys that he's putting out there on the pitch and the and the setup that he's sending them out in. Uh, and if he does that, you know, perhaps the, those players will will reward him. But I don't think that he can be too sentimental or be picking guys for for the wrong reasons. You know, you can't shove uh, two guys into the starting lineup because they cost a lot of money. Well, I mean, obviously you can, but I think in his situation at the moment, he has to put out the guys that he's going to be most uh, confident will will do the business for him on the pitch. And when I'm talking about players uh you know of that caliber i'm i'm thinking of somebody like olivier Giroud. you know you look at uh you know the fact that he did a lot of damage against villa and has done throughout his career in the premier league uh you know you have to go with the guys that you can rely on the most to perform uh, at this moment in time and in this situation when your back is against the wall that's uh you know the reality of the situation for lampard at this moment in time uh you know and i really think that he knows uh you know how important it is that things click against city because if not you know, the, the, the pressure is just going to get greater and greater. And, you know, he's, he's probably going to feel the, 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 the coldness of the axe above his neck in the next couple of uh, games. And let's not forget that the Champions League returns in February and things will get busier for both teams. And as we speak in this game, of course, Chelsea in sixth, uh, Man City in eighth, but with two games in hand, both on 26 points, but Chelsea with a better goal difference. Jimmy, give me your prediction on this one. Uh, this is tough. I'm going to say 1-1. I think Chelsea will show enough backbone. Thiago Silva comes back into the team. I think that makes a big difference for them in terms of, you know, credibility and and experience. And, and I think people relax a little bit when Silva's back there because he's not prone to making too many mistakes, even though he does from time to time. If he goes with a single pivot, puts Conte there, I think they're better off. I think he does have a soft spot to JJ's point about Jorginho. I don't know if he sees a little bit of himself in Jorginho, right? This kind of deep line playmaker that likes to not necessarily get forward, but can unlock things from a, from a deeper position. But yeah, Kai Havertz, to your point, to your question, uh, Luis, he's been in five different positions in four months. He's coming from a different country, different league. Uh, he starts, sometimes he doesn't, sometimes he does. I just... He, I can understand why he's a little bit unsettled and why he can't find any rhythm or flow. Not to say he hasn't got the opportunities, but every game he's like in a different formation. It's just got to be hard for him in particular. I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt there. I, I think 1-1 ultimately will be, be enough. I think Man City will be missing maybe too many players to find their rhythm as well, the one that they like to play and control things. So, so I think you got two good teams trying to, again, trying to solve their own problems and, and uh, draw has, has, is written all over this for me. Yeah, uh, I'm going to agree. I think it's one all. JJ? Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to agree as well. I'm just going to hope that it's a, a, a scoring draw. So let's, <laughs> let's be optimistic. 3-3. Three, three, All one. right, I like that. Oh, there you go. 3-3. Three, three. Well, uh, that's the end of the Premier League. Uh, obviously more matches, but that's the end because we have so much more to talk about in Europe and beyond. When we come back, plenty more as we preview the weekend. Stay right here. On May 23rd, I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie <laughs> dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil, the final season. Streaming May 23rd, only on Paramount Plus. 
Welcome back, everybody, to Que Golazo, Jonathan Johnson, Jimmy Conrad. Plenty of more action to talk about, including La Liga and beyond. But before that, just a few notes here. Uh, Boca Juniors facing River Plate. It's uh, the last Super Clásico of 2020. By the way, the Argentine division, guys, uh, you know, was sort of backtracking back and forth because of COVID, of course. So they created, obviously, uh, the Copa Diego Armando Maradona. Uh, you know, to honor, of course, their uh, number 10, uh, you know, their most famous, arguably their most famous player. Uh, so it's a little bit of a mini tournament format and Boca and River are playing this weekend. So that's one to watch out for. And talking about big derbies from South America, there's another big one uh, in, in Europe, in, in Scotland, Jimmy Conrad. What do we have here? Yeah, very excited for the old firm this weekend. And I've been to a super classical in Buenos Aires before between Boca and River. And if you guys ever want to put something on your bucket list in terms of experience, once everything kind of gets back to normal, you got to go do that. It will change your life in a very positive way. And I assume the old firm is the same. I have yet to be uh, a, a visitor of an old firm derby, but this one is at uh, Rangers Stadium, Ibrox. And it's tough. Celtic are... are Obviously had a had difficult start, uh, didn't do very well in, in the Europa League, and, and Rangers are cruising. They've only given up five goals. They've yet to lose so far in 21 matches in the Scottish Premiership. Steven Gerrard, I, if they go on to win the, the league, which would be for the first time in, I don't know, 100 years, it feels like forever since Rangers last won it, I could see him making a move to a club maybe in the Premiership. I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of curious to see Steven Gerrard's future because he's done such a good job with Rangers. They're coming off a pretty somewhat uneven 2-0 result against St. Mirren, who knocked him out of the cup a couple weeks ago. So they got the revenge, but they got a deflected goal. Um, got a little bit lucky off of a mistake, but that, that's what teams do, right? You, good teams create their own luck. So my, my um, I could see a draw on this one. Celtic actually, even though they're, why, what, 16 points behind uh, Rangers, that's a little bit misleading because they have three games in hand. So it's really, let's assume, Scottish Premiership Celtic, they usually win all those extra games. So now, you know, you cut that down to what? You got seven points. They win this one. Uh, it's down to four. So that could be, I, I just feel like there's a little extra juice here. And I think Neil Lennon smartly, again, we'll bring up the double pivot. They've been playing a 4-2-3-1 most of the season. The last three games they've won, they went 4-1-3-2. They went to a single pivot and it's made a big difference. Uh, John Turnbull, or excuse me, David Turnbull in particular, the 21-year-old attacking midfielder scored three goals in three straight games for them. He's really joining the attack in a meaningful way. And they've got a pretty good attack, all things considered. But again, Rangers don't give up any goals. They've only given up five goals in 21 games. I want to reemphasize that because that is next level. So I could see a draw here. That's plus 250, but I really like the value. If you think Rangers at home, because if Rangers win this, I think the league is done, right? They're, they're going to run away with it. They got Aberdeen next week, who are also in the top four there. They have a tough schedule, but they've been managing it. And if they can win these next two games, I think they go on to win the league, no doubt. So plus 105 for Rangers to win straight up in a game that could help them settle the league. Seems like they, they could go on and do the business. I don't see Celtic winning this, but I could see a draw just given that Celtic are kind of at their last gasp. Their back is against the wall. If they have any chance of wanting to win the league, this is their time. They'd have to get a result against Rangers. I, I, I don't know where you guys want to, where you, where you see it, but, but some decent value for Rangers to win straight up given how well they've been performing. But, but I kind of like the draw because it's the old firm and, and I think it's going to be a boxy match. I think there's going to be some bloody noses and some, a lot of emotion in this one. I don't know. Yeah, and to your point, uh, and Neil Lennon actually even said it. Listen, it doesn't matter if there are no fans in the stadium. Uh, a game of this, uh, you know, altitude in terms of uh, pressure, etc. It's just, you know, it's just it doesn't matter. Like, uh, and he says, listen, we just can't lose this. Whatever happens, we can't lose it. How do you see it, JJ? Such a big game. Have you ever been to an all-form derby? 
I haven't, but I have been to Celtic Park, so I have sampled uh, the delights of the, the Celtic fans at home, and I can tell you it, it really is a cauldron of noise, despite the fact that PSG went on to, to absolutely crush them that evening. Fantastic atmosphere and bombonera for, for a Super Classico is definitely on my list of things that I want to see as well. Uh, yeah, for, for this one, I'm really curious to see if Rangers can seize this opportunity, uh, because as, as Jimmy was saying, to me, it feels like a, a moment where the guard might potentially change in Scottish football. We've seen Celtic dominant for so long. They've almost become, uh, you know, a bit complacent. Uh, you know, we haven't seen them build on that domestic dominance, uh, you know, by doing something in Europe. If anything, they've kind of gone backwards uh, over the last couple of seasons. And I think, you know, the way that the Rangers look under Steven Gerrard at the moment, you know, they, they look like they still have some room to develop and that, you know, it wouldn't just be, uh, you know, winning, uh, you know, dominating domestically, you know, that's not where Rangers would would, would finish up. They, they would look to go further. You look at the way they've performed in the Europa League on CBS uh, so far this uh, this season. We've seen some great performances from them, some lovely goals, uh, notably that that one from Kemar Roof inside his own half. So, you know, for me, Rangers are, are, are one of the more exciting sides in, in British football at this moment in time, because you look at, you know, where they've had to come from over the last couple of seasons, you know, this rebuild is on the verge of, uh, you know, uh, finally bringing bringing some fruit for the club in terms of silverware. Uh, and I think that this is an opportunity that's too good to miss. I agree with Jimmy. I think that it's going to be a tight contest uh, and I can see it potentially a bit like uh, Villa United being, uh, you know, level going uh, going into the end of the match. But for, for me, I think the Rangers are going to have enough uh, in it to, to see it out, scrape the win. Yeah, Jimmy, what was your final score on this one? Uh, this is tough. I just, I, I feel like they both can see the opportunity for different ways. So to JJ's point and kind of what we've been alluding to is you can build a narrative for, for any type of result here. I just think one, one draw just feels like they're both not going to be happy with that, but it might be what the fair result is given the opportunities, but really talented players on both sides. I think Celtic's starting to round into some form that might make them uh, difficult to beat. Yeah, I'm going to go with a Rangers win. I don't know. I just, Celtic just don't look good, especially from what I've seen, even from what I've seen at Europa as well. Like, I just don't think there's enough, and I feel there might be a little bit too much pressure. And fans or not, I think uh, Rangers have to seize this opportunity, as both of you were saying. All right, let's move to Spain, to La Liga. Uh, some good games here, Jimmy. Um, Real Madrid drops some points. Atletico Madrid keeps going. Barcelona being Barcelona once again. Uh, w- w- what do we have for the weekend, Jimmy? Well, I'm going to start with another derby just because we're on that theme with uh, Super Classico and Old Firm. It's the El Gran Derby between Real Betis and Sevilla. Now they share a city also known as the Seville Derby. Uh, this is more, there's less, let's say, hate between these two. They're more like brothers. And so it's a really friendly derby in a lot of different ways. Uh, Betis, though, uh, have only won three times over the last 18 meetings in all competitions. So I think this one's heavily favored towards Sevilla. Uh, and that would be plus 105, which isn't too bad for Sevilla to do it. But if you can see a draw here, and I think, again, when you come to derbies, kind of throw out current form or whatever it is out the window. It's always just a big fight, even though they're brothers. Uh, plus 250 for the draw. I don't see Betis winning this straight up, but I could see a draw. So pick your poison there, everybody. With regard to Madrid, yes, they dropped some points to, to Elche, but they created enough opportunities to win. And I think one of their big wins off outside of the result was Eden Hazard finally coming back into the team. But let's be honest, he's going to be hurt in two weeks, so they better enjoy him while he lasts. Uh, Celta, though, uh, they're taking on Celta Viga this weekend. Uh, Celta are unbeaten in their last seven, and six of those have been wins. So they're really good I love good Celta form. Vigo, man. I love they're them. so good. They're so good. And, and of, of their five losses in the league so far this season, 
Uh, four of them have been to the biggest clubs. So Sevilla, Barcelona, uh, Real Sociedad, and Atletico Madrid. Osasuna was really the only one kind of outside that, that big, those big names where they drop some points. They can run with anybody. And Iago Aspas in particular, I love this dude. He gets better with age. He's like the Cristiano Ronaldo. Poor, 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 poor man's Cristiano Ronaldo. Getting better with age, 33-year-old. He's got a goal and assist in nine straight games. So I like him actually to uh, score anytime plus 180 or to get an assist plus 450. I think that's something to consider some good value there. But because they've struggled against the biggest of teams, I think they're going to struggle against Madrid, who my biggest worry with Madrid would be if they're not creating opportunities. And I thought they did enough against Elche. They just kind of missed out on their finishing boots. Had I had I known that Marcelo was going to start, I maybe would have maybe bet and told people to, uh, their last episode to Marcelo is so risky defensively. You just never know what you're going to get. But he did bang one off the crossbar. Uh, how, how he gets in the middle of the box, hit one off the crossbar. I have no idea. That's Marcelo, everybody. But but uh, Madrid to win straight up is minus 200. I don't think there's a lot of value there. I'd go with Aspas and just cheer for the old guy to score some goals against Madrid. Yago Aspas, who will never die. Marcelo Vigo, by the way, who of uh, Renato Tapia, uh, the future captain of Peru. He's such a <laughs> good player. Go. Love him. I mean, he is. I'm sorry, but you will see it. He's just so good. Uh, any other games? Listen, JJ, in terms of La Liga, we, we didn't ask you. We had our little uh, special edition about predicting next year. I, I wanted to know your thoughts on this one as Jimmy, myself, and Heath Beers were talking about it. Who's winning this? Who's taking it? You know what? It's a really, uh, it's, it's a really difficult question because obviously, you know, it's not looking like a, a foregone conclusion, uh, you know, for some of the bigger names. I mean, for me at the moment, I still fancy uh, Atletico Madrid to take it this season. You know, we'll see if they can last the distance. Uh, but, you know, there are, there are some, some interesting names that are in the mix. Uh, you know, Sociedad have obviously started to struggle a bit with the, the balance between domestic and continental action recently. Uh, but if they were able to, to, to reinvigorate, them, reinvigorate themselves, re, you know, get rejuvenated at the beginning of the new year, you never know. Uh, you know, I, to, to me, I, I just really think that it's still Atletis to, you know, to, to throw away. We were talking about the, the benefit to the games in hand uh, recently. And, you know, I've, I've not seen enough uh, to change my mind on it. One thing I can tell you, it's not going to be Barcelona, but I think that's by now. Well, let's stay, let's stay on Barcelona for a second. Uh, just, just a second. I know that I'm, uh, I'm sort of deviating a little bit, but uh, is Ronald Koeman going to keep his job here? Like, I mean, listen, it's, it's really alarming. I mean, yes, there are injuries. Yes, there are issues, but there is nothing from what I see on the pitch. I tweeted it and I know, I know, I know it's Villa, but I'm telling you right now that if Villa played Barcelona, Jimmy Conrad, we would destroy them. Like they, they're just, a, they're a mess, man. Did you see that opening goal they gave away in the last yeah. game? It's terrible. Yeah. No, it's, it's tough. I, uh, as a former center back, I, I feel for that goal that he gave up just a little too casual in the back of that led Ugh. to a breakaway. Yeah. It's, it wasn't good. And they're playing Huesca the, this, this weekend who are our bottom of the table. And I just feel like we're going to see a Barcelona draw. That's just how it's been going for them. I think Kuman's going to stay through the transition of Messi, whatever Messi's decision is. Uh, I think Kuman just kind of said, hey, I'll handle this situation. And then at some point, I think Barcelona 3.0, whatever it turns into, will probably have Xavi, that's my guess, and maybe Iniesta coming back into the coaching staff and like them starting to build the next generation post-Messi. I just think Kuman's a stopgap until that situation gets sorted out. I think he's leaving. Maybe JJ knows something different, but I think he's going to Man City then over to MLS at some point. That's, that's what that's I think. Point. Yeah, yeah. So so that that's my Barcelona thing. I think they made some big signings. Coutinho hasn't panned out. Griezmann Who's hasn't injured panned now? out. Possibly yeah, four months it's out. It's just like, 
it's a bit of a mess. I mean, they, they brought these guys in to help them kind of, you know, fill the void and, and to really step up and they just haven't. And, and yeah. that's really been some of the biggest hits. They've, they've got some talented young players who maybe aren't ready for the responsibility. Maybe that comes in a, in a year or two, but, but uh, yeah, they got to get through this messy situation first. And JJ, Mr. France football. I think Antoine Griezmann going to Barcelona is the worst decision a player has done in the last 15 years. Like what, why are you doing that? It's ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it's painful to watch, uh, you know, what's happening to a lot of the star names at Barcelona, not just Griezmann. Uh, but it does feel like, uh, you know, there's there's a delayed divorce now between what Barcelona were and what Barcelona are going to be in the future. Uh, I agree with Jimmy. I think Koeman will stay uh, for the transition. Uh, I mean, it, it's a very easy time uh, around a presidential election to change the coach. And it seems to me logical that, that he'll be in charge up until then, potentially past it. Uh, you know, but I, like Jimmy said, I, I don't see him uh, staying beyond uh, Messi's Messi's decision. I don't get the impression that that Messi's going to stay on beyond this season. Uh, I think he made up his mind last uh, last year, and it's just uh, you know he he needs to time it better this time. Uh, I do agree. I think that City is perhaps the more logical destination for him, given that it's an immediate branch uh, to Major League Soccer. But let's uh, let's not rule out. Uh, a move to PSG, given uh, Beckham's links in Miami with uh, with Paris, is you know there, there's always a card to play, uh, so to speak. But the just before we we completely forget uh, everything that was said uh, about the the other games in La Liga, one I'm I'm quite disappointed with what's happening uh, at Betis at the moment with with Pellegrini. That project's not really panning out at the moment. I mean, okay, they find themselves sort of in and around mid table, but I think when they made the appointment it felt like it was going to be a lot more positive than the actual reality is, has kind of turned out to be. Uh, so for the, for, for that one, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really feeling a, a little let down uh, and uh, curious to, to see if, if Betis can turn it around on the Pellegrini or if he's going to turn into quite a, a big name casualty over the next couple of weeks. Uh, and also the interesting signing of uh, Etienne Capu by uh, Villarreal, which, uh, you know, I think is, is going to make Unai Emery's side even more, functional uh, if that was possible yeah no very 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 good points um all right as we wrap up jimmy conrad anything <laughs> else Serie A, of course returns as well this weekend there's a sexy one there with atalanta against sassuolo uh ac milan and inter milan napoli juventus continue to try and climb up that table try and catch up to the aforementioned milan anything there no for me and i think it's very similar to the bundesliga you got a bunch of matchups not really any big names playing against each other outside of Atalanta Sassuolo. So it's really a good opportunity for the clubs to beat the teams that they should beat. Right. If you really want to be considered a title contender, we got, uh, you know, Milan is taking on Benevento uh, away from home. They got to win that game, you know, and that's, that's going to have to make it happen. I'm a big fan of Stefano Pioli, you know, 14 months ago, he took over Milan and, and he took over as on an interim basis and, and, and didn't win. He won one out of his first five or six games and somehow turned it around, made some good signings. Simon Cher, uh, Zlatan obviously have helped. He's bringing around some young players, got the full-time gig, and he's really been the real MVP for me and just kind of got out of the way and just put himself in a good spot. I think he's, he, he's hopefully, I'd like to see somebody else outside of Juve win, but you can never sleep on those guys. So, and, and the same in the Bundesliga, Bayern Munich obviously had a big win before the, this little mini break against Bayer Leverkusen. Can the rest of those teams now that did drop points in that same weekend, they all have to win. They all have to beat opponents that they should beat on paper. So this is a big weekend for a lot of teams, even though there aren't that many sexy matchups in both of these leagues. Love it. Love it. All right. Before we say goodbye, everybody, 
I, I want to ask both JJ and uh, Jimmy a New Year's resolution from a football perspective. I'm sure, you know, we all, we're all trying to look more handsome, maybe lose a couple of pounds. <laughs> From a football perspective, any anything that you are maybe hopeful for 2021 that could happen, uh, perhaps for a player or a club or a team. Let's begin with you, Jimmy Conrad. Oh wow! Okay, I was hoping JJ would go first. Okay, I'll go. So, so, so my real my real life one is uh, I want to stay in the bathroom when I brush my teeth. I always start start you move around. I'm, I'm such a mover, and I don't feel like I'm doing a good enough job brushing these chompers because I'm like having a conversation midway through or I'm looking at my phone and I'm like, no, oh, man, you got to concentrate Just stay in the bathroom. It's so hard for me to do that. That's my big new year's resolution for 2021 for, for a footballing perspective. I guess it's more for my punditry here. I just want to be able to pronounce names. I, I know it's, I want to be respectful. You know, some people call me the greatest of all time or the most handsome player in American soccer. I'm like, listen, it's just Jimmy Conrad. That's how you pronounce it. Jimmy Conrad. But when I think about, you know, like, Hakan Chahanalu. Oh, that's a hard one, though. I understand that, but I want to get I want to get better at that. You know, all of, um, no, Jimmy. All I want from you, Leon, Leon. That's all I want yeah. from you for 2021. Leon, I can't do it. So yes, thank you. You're proving my point, Luis. I appreciate that. How about you, JJ? Well, man, now now I know that I'm going to have to get uh, Jimmy a signed uh, Timote Kolochedza shirt. <laughs> <laughs> that, that must be right up there with some of the most nightmarish names for Jimmy. Uh, my my realistic uh, hope for, for 2021 is the Villa win the Premier League, obviously. I mean, I think we know it's a <laughs> foregone conclusion that it's going to be happening. And I, I mean, I've, I've got lots of things that I'm hoping for for, for 2021. Uh, you know, obviously, as a Villa fan, I want to see us finish as high up as possible. Realistically, uh, you know, I, I really hope that we return to European football. Uh, you know, it's a massive club. I have very fond memories of, uh, of European nights at Villa Park. So even to see us getting into something like Europa League, coming up against Barcelona minus Messi, you know, that, that, that would suit me quite well. But another... Thing that I'm really hoping for in 2021, uh, something that's not been possible since we got the team together uh, back last summer is, you know, finally getting everyone in the CBS family together in the same place would be fantastic. Here, here, my friend. I love it. I love all of these. All right. I'll give you my personal resolution. I love the brushing the teeth one. I feel like I do that as well. Now, my one is I need to like, so I've been doing, I did this thing in October, promised my wife and she was so happy, but then I went back my old ways. I would have my phone by my bed at night instead of having it in another room. Cause I don't just, I don't want to have it. So I want to, I want to just keep that trend for 2021. Just put the phone somewhere else. Cause you know, we're all phone centric. I, I want to try and repeal, you know, repeal myself from that. And then a footballing perspective. Well, I'm sorry. I have to echo JJ here. Villa to win everything. <laughs> you, <laughs> you guys are both drunk. No, no, no. Let, no okay, look, look, here's what I want. I want more Peruvians in the Premier League. Rodrigo Vilca is with Newcastle right now, under 23 player. I want another Peruvian uh, in the Premier League and for Villa to just grab it. I mean, you know, I was talking about Renato Tapia, <laughs> You know, maybe uh, Miguel Trauco, who plays in League A, maybe if he can come as a little support left back, that would be awesome for me to see more Peruvians in the Premier League. That would be my hope. But to finalize the last point that JJ just did, for the CBS team to all be together, have a drink, and, and just have as much fun as we do digitally and, and do it physically, and then just me having fun uh, asking uh, Jimmy to, to say Leon and Leon after like five beers. That would be amazing. <laughs> 
Maybe it gets better after five beers. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's my hope. Leon. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Conrad, thank you so much, brother. Happy New Year. Thanks, guys. Happy New Year. JJ, Happy New Year. You're about to celebrate it, my friend. Uh, so uh, let us know what 2021 is like. Will do. I'll be speaking to you from the future. Happy New Year, guys. Been an absolute pleasure and looking forward to more in 2021. Thank you, boys. Hey, everybody. I want to thank Jimmy Conrad and Jonathan Johnson for joining me today as we wrap up our weekend preview, the final one of 2020. If you're listening to us on uh, Apple Podcasts, please leave a rating and review. We're also on Spotify, on Stitcher. Uh, make sure that you check us out on the website, on Twitter, where Kegolasso Pod. Listen, 2020 has been tough. It's been really, really difficult. But I'm hoping that we all just pull on through, push on through and look ahead and be optimistic and see the glass as half full. I hope that you have been entertained and, and love the fact that you are part of our Kegolasso family. We have so much more to come in 2021. If you ever want to reach out to us, please Kegolasso pod on Twitter. Have a wonderful, wonderful beginning of 2021 and make sure that you love each other, learn from each other and keep enjoying the beautiful game. See you next time.